Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I am your host, Denise Griffiths, and this podcast is ranked in the top 2% of the most popular podcasts globally. And it's all because of my incredible guests. I feel immensely fortunate to spend time with people who are at the top of their game and come to this show passionate about helping you achieve your goals in both your personal and professional life. And my guests hold nothing back. They are here to share the secrets of peak performance with us. And I know you'll find their insights both inspiring and actionable. So sit back, take notes, relax, and get ready to take your life and your business to the next level. And today I'm really pleased to welcome back to your partner in Success Radio, Chris Ward, team building and system strategist. I believe this is her third visit here. Now, Chris has shared the stage with Jack Canfield, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Kevin Harrington, who is the original shark from Shark Tank, Shark Tank, James Malinchak, Sharon Lecter, Joe Theismann, so many people. And she's very well known in my industry and others. And she has also been featured on award-winning podcasts, radio, and TV shows. In fact, she has her own show, and I'll get her to tell us about that. So today we are diving into the core of your entrepreneurial journey, your identity. And based on years of coaching and a treasure trove of knowledge, Chris has brewed up a quiz that uncovers your entrepreneurial personality. I took it I wasn't surprised. I really wasn't. I was like, oh, I could have done better, but turns out that it nailed me. It really did understand what I was, who I am. So each personality type has its unique strengths and challenges, and recognizing yours is a first step to navigating your way to success. And Chris is here to share about each type and how to lean into the strengths and overcome the obstacles that, sh- that will slow you down. Chris, welcome back to the show. It is always fun and invigorating and invigorating when you join us. Oh, well, I'm thrilled to be here, Denise. I mean, thank you for trusting me with your very precious audience. And of course, I always feel smarter when I'm accompanied by your very, very effective radio voice. Oh, (laughs) you know, it's so funny because none of us like our own voices, right? And I hear mine and accidentally because I try not to hear myself. And I always think I'm going to sing happy birthday, Mr. President. (laughs) I think I sound ridiculous. So thank you for making me feel better. You're welcome. So you have got this amazing quiz, and I did take it. You had suggested that I do so, and the minute I read that, I went, okay, and, you know, I was doing I'm told, right? <laughs> Not really, but I went over and I went, uh-huh, uh-huh, yep, she understands me. <laughs> She's got it. So tell us about you before we get started. This is your third time, but not everybody is heard the first two um, episodes. I hope y'all will go find them. But tell us about you, what it is that you do, and why you you decided that this quiz really was necessary. 
Yeah. Well, you know, if, for those of you who don't know me at all, you know, when I started my business like 14 plus years ago, I worked insane hours. Like, oh my gosh. And my husband used to say, I was always stealing from sleep, getting up earlier, earlier, staying later and later. And so about the two-year mark, I was told that I was losing some of my charm. And I realized, oh, that cannot be like, you know, because you're exhausted all the time. So I put some things in play. I really went from working 16 hours a day down to six. Now that did not happen overnight. That's a whole story on its own. Uh, but luckily I did because it was about a few years after that, my husband was diagnosed with colon cancer and I was pulled away from the business for about two years. And when I returned after his passing, my existing marketing clients had no idea of my absence. Uh, it was just not how he navigated his journey. We were very positive in nature. And so they started to ask me like, if I could be away and they didn't know, then maybe I could help them get to their kids' soccer games and start you know, seeing their family and friends on evenings and weekends and things like that. And so that's how it all started with when the hour, when the day. And I started to realize that the people that looked good on paper who were online doing videos, had podcasts, maybe wrote a book, didn't, you know, been in business five plus years. They're still working way too many hours for the, where they are at this point in the journey. And so that's how everything blossomed with when the hour, when the day. And now we've escalated to have this quiz based on all my experience of working with these burnt out, tired, high achievers that just keep thinking once they get past the next thing, things will be different. My hand is in the air going, yep, that's me. Yeah. yeah. I still, I like to think I'm a recovering A-type. I'm not, I'm lying to myself, but I work way too many hours. And honestly, I enjoy what I do. So I don't really consider it working, but I do, you know, have those, those times when I'm just exhausted and I did it to myself. Well, that's the thing. And I hear that a lot from people and I get that. I, you know, there is the nobleness of saying I'm a hard worker and there is the passion that you have for what you do. And you're like, listen, at all costs, I just, I want to be of great value to my audience, to the clients I serve. And I love the machinery of business and I love doing this, but still you are, you know, more often than not tired and beat up by the end of the day or the end of the week. And the reality is, you know, here's something really interesting. There's all these studies in Harvard and Stanford, and they show how the brain works and then how you're less creative when you're tired and the mistakes you make and multitasking and all this science. And I used to think for many years, uh, I think my superpower is denial because for many years I thought, oh, you don't understand. I love what I do. I love my, you know, my work, my company. I love the machinery business somehow that my brain is exempt from all these studies on humans. <laughs> so, so the science is there and I denied it for a really long time. Like something as simple as when you're interrupted from your work and you're multitasking and you pull back, it takes about 22 minutes to get to the same depth of concentration that you were at as far as your capacity in that project. And I always thought, they don't know me. But even if uh, I am superhuman and they're wrong and I'm like half the time, then that's 12 minutes every time. So that's one of the things of why I did this quiz, Denise, is because there's so many people like you, like, you don't get it. I love what I do. And the company's growing. It's amazing. Well, that's great. But imagine if you were as clear-headed and 
calm and rested at two o'clock in the afternoon, five o'clock in the afternoon, six o'clock in the evening, as you were at nine to 10 in the morning. Although for some of you, that's not a good answer because you came into work exhausted. But if you could have energy management where you left work still fresh and started work refreshed in the morning, Imagine how much more interesting your work could be, how much more you could serve your clients, how much more you could be moving forward with your business. And, you know, I knew I was talking with you today and I had taken the quiz and I kept looking at that going, yeah, yeah, well, crap. <laughs> there were those moments. And I decided I opened up my planner today and I crossed off the rest of the day. As soon as we're done today, I will spend another hour or two getting everything done so I can get this show out and, you know, get some graphics done. And I'm taking, it's the equinox. Yeah, that's going to be my excuse. Chris told me I could do this. Chris Ward said I could take time off. And it's the equinox. And look, I live in the deep south. We have two seasons, hot and hotter in hell. And six months of that time is hurricane season. But right now, it's wonderful out there. So I'm going to go out and mow the grass. I'm taking yeah. the day. And imagine though, Denise, let's take this one level more. I I applaud you for taking action there. However, what if you didn't even have those things to cross off? What if you had those things I to thought play? About that. I, I looked at that and I went, You she's got stuff to teach you. Listen to the woman. <laughs> yeah. What if you had things in play that meant that really you had school hours. So you take the majority of the summers off and the good seasons and you cut out most of the time on Fridays and that you work on average 25, maybe 30 hours a week and you're extremely productive and you're able to effectively plan bigger and bigger goals and ambitions that you can execute consistently and at a high level, you know, imagine what your life would look like a year from now, if that was the case. So it's really great that you cross those things off. Fantastic. But what I'd love to see at a deeper level is those things not be there to be crossed off. Oh, I agree with you. Absolutely. So let's talk about the personality types that, you know, you're very clear that each personality type has its unique strengths and challenges. So let's, yeah. let's dive into those. Yeah. So after working with hundreds of entrepreneurs, I noticed that they fell into one of five categories. And these are at glance, jugglerama, perfectionizer, rushaholic, sufferpreneur, focusitis. All right. Number so one. you just, <laughs> first one, I'm um, that one. So you're a jugglerama? Yeah. Are you surprised? Okay. Okay. So the jugglerama is a really interesting one. And we have been seduced for a really long time thinking that this is a skill set. And there are strengths and superpowers to every personality type. And there are also liabilities, obstacles, and kryptonite, right? So with the jugglerama, yeah, I mean, listen, one of the things we do for our clients in the winner circle is we do help them build win teams, what is next team, so they can get to what is next. And we've got like a 90% retention rate in that. In our interviewing process, often I will hear people when we're looking for someone for one of our clients and, and they think in an interview, this is a really fantastic thing to say. And they'll say, oh my gosh, I'm really great at multitasking. I can handle a lot at the same time. Well, I'm here to tell you multitasking means you're doing two things at the same time poorly. Okay. So I but, the hard way I've had to really work on that. Yeah. And it's hard because we've been conditioned in all aspects of our life to be doing that. 
And we think it's a strength, but you know, really where it kind of, I think a sobering thought would be is imagine if you had a doctor working on somebody that you cared deeply about, would you want them taking calls during the surgery or answering questions about them planning their vacation? You know what? Oh, I do this surgery all day long. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Put the phone on my ear. I, I'll just hold up my shoulder. You wouldn't want that. And that's, that's multitasking, right? So you would not want that. But yet we all think in our own business, like you don't understand, I do this every day. I can do two, three things at once. And not only is that really drains your decision fatigue and it gives you attention residue and it's depleting and you'll find that, you know, your mind is numb by early afternoon and it diminishes all your results, but it just also distorts all your projects as far as the efficiency and the deadlines for getting them done. And really you're like, you know, doing a bunch of things at the same time poorly, but had we had a support system set up, a strategy set up, you know, had some super toolkits in play, you would get one thing done really quickly, highly efficiently, and then you would move on to the next. So it's kind of like at the same length of time, let's say you had three weeks, you'd get five major projects done beautifully. But when you're multitasking, it studies show it could take six to nine weeks and they're going to be flawed with errors, which are incredibly expensive. No kidding. Now, are we talking about focus here? Because focus no. is something that I have been known to struggle with because I've got a squirrel brain. Don't we all? I mean, I yes. really have a squirrel brain. And you might find when you take the quiz, which by the way, the quiz takes about 30 seconds to take and you get really customized, detailed results, you know, long form. There's a lot of information in there. So I really do encourage you to take the quiz um, and you can get a copy of that or a free gift from Chris, free F-R-E-E, gift, G-I-F-T, from Chris, K-R-I-S dot com. And in there, there's some other goodies, but definitely take the quiz because you just get so many, you, you really get to dive deeply and there's a lot there. Now, sometimes you will find, because we're all not in anything in life, you know, we're all not defined just by one thing. You might be a female and a, a sister and a daughter, you know, there's different personality things that we have. Same thing with this quiz. You might find that you have a little bit of, other personalities in you as well, because we're not all 100% of anything. And so what you're leaning into is focus-itis, which is totally different. But jugglerama is, you know, it's really great that you can juggle stuff, but even jugglers drop balls, right? And so you may have thought, oh, me moving all these things and hopping them all around, and they've always worked out for me in the past, and I take great pride, you know, you just really don't understand sort of the inner limitations of being a juggler. I do. I actually, yeah. <laughs> because I catch myself making really silly mistakes that should not be happening. And then, and they never happened in the past. And I really am working on not, you know, being that person where I say, Oh, I can do it. Yeah. Go do this. And I can do this. And you know, where I'm constantly trying to do multiple things at one time, I have learned, for a large part, my lessons on that, but you still slip back into it. And that's when crap happens. Yeah. And also when we have so many things that we're trained to come at us, like, you know, we've got devices on the phone and alerts and all these different things and people are texting you and you're, okay, somebody just messaged me on one of these social media platforms. When you have all those things there, they, you, you're, you can easily think this is the norm 
jugglerama. Like I am expected to juggle all these things. And that's just me being good at my work and my job. So, and that is very different than focus itis where all of a sudden, you know, it's like the dog go, Oh, squirrel. I was paying attention to you, but a squirrel just ran by. Right. So very different than focus itis is you have the ability to focus or, or, you know, you can lean into your focus strength a little bit more, but you think that your greatest strength, this is a big part of it is when we think our greatest, this is our superpower and it's actually our liability. For me, I'm a recovering Russiaholic. I I knew that. (laughs) I think we talked about that. Yeah. And so I thought for the longest time, my ability to rush through things and get stuff done, like I didn't know anybody that could get more done in a day than me. And I move quickly. I walk quickly. I talk quickly. I just get out of my way. I get a lot done. But what it took me painfully a number of years to learn was the fact that zooming from thing to thing, I didn't understand that there. I wasn't getting the depth that I needed. I was skimming over stuff. There was no traction there. It was just rush, 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 right? And also, in my case, it didn't make me the best human being because if I went in somewhere, like even something mundane, like getting gas, and I thought it would take five minutes, but it took 10, well, that just, you know, did not bring out the best in me, right? Because everything is a race against time. And so as a recovering Russiaholic, I had to learn that, oh, speed is not my strength, right? That I have to say, okay, I'm going to do this. It's going to get, I'm going to slow down so I can speed up. I'm going to slow down and give this the the focus and the attention and calm myself that the 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 ultimate goal is not how quickly I can do it, but how well I can do it, right? So, and and that also, you'll find that these things definitely affect you in the workplace for sure. But I even see that overflowing into my personal life. Like, oh, I'll get all this stuff done. Sometimes I have this big list of chores to do on a Saturday. And they're like, oh, I want to get it all done fast. And then I look and go, okay, you're home. It's two, it's done. Good. What was that about? Like, where where did you have to be? Why was why was the time and the race against time, you know, the, the ultimate goal for everything, right? So it's understanding that the real eye-opening thing I hope you feel here when you take the quiz is for many of us, it's the badge of honor we wore and we thought this was our biggest strength. And there are some strengths in that, but we want you to be aware of the liabilities as well. And Chris, I, I know that you're a Russiaholic and to some degree I am as well. You know, I'm always thinking, okay, I've got this, this, this. And I've had to learn that when I'm making my list of things... I always give myself three things that must be done that day. Everything else is, you know, tertiary, secondary. It can be done if needed, but, or if I've got time, but three things must be done. And I've also learned that if I say, okay, I'm going to take two hours on this or three hours on this, I double it because it ain't happening. (laughs) It just isn't going to happen that way. And that was a painful thing for me. But I wanted to ask you when you're rushing around, because I know I do this, you're not enjoying the moment at all. No. In fact, you're not going to even remember three quarters of the stuff that you did that day. No. 
And I break it down too. So when you fill out the quiz, we really break it down to even different aspects of your life. Like traditionally, Russiaholics have trouble sleeping because, you know, I used to do that when I was working those crazy hours back in the day when business was new, the dark years, I call them. And I'd be like, working order. Okay. Everyone says, you know, that's part of the grind. You're building a business. And I'd work and I'd say, okay, you know, I quit at midnight. I'd been up since five and then I quit work and then I rush into bed. <laughs> rush into bed to relax and try to be asleep in five minutes. Right. So sleeping was an issue for me. And, you know, so rushaholics, like there's a, that then not sleeping impacts the next day. So we really break it down so that you can, you really get most out of all your abilities. So can I make decisions quickly? Yes, I can. You know, that's, that's one of my strengths. I get the information. I don't him and ha. I could do that. So there are some things that I do quickly that really serve me and I, I don't regret them. I move forward. I make a decision. There's a lot into each personality that really does aid you, but just understanding that there's layers to that and it's not all or one. And, you know, one of the other ones too, with, with focus itis, when we talked about that briefly, one of the things that break my heart about each and every one of them, but we'll use focus itis as an example is for focus itis where somebody, you know, a lot of people come to me and they'll say, Oh my gosh, Chris, you know, um, I'd love to work with you in the winner's circle and hear all these great things about you, blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing. I have ADHD. I haven't been diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure I have it. And I'm like, you know what? I think that's just you so many business owners say that to me. And the reality is they're taking on too much. They're doing too many things. They don't have effective things in play, like systems and processes or our super toolkits. They don't have a structured team that instead of them managing the team, the team manages them. They don't have any of these things in play. And so what happens is they're just, their brain is hopping. It's like popcorn going off all over the place and then they start to perceive this as character flaws or self-diagnose things, thinking, oh, well, I must have ADHD. It's like, now we're thinking, well, how do you change character flaws, right? Well, the reality is, if you did have ADHD and you or you are, you know, focus-itis, then you need these structures in play even more and they will guide, protect you and make you more efficient. But most of the time, you don't have ADHD. Focusitis may be a little bit of a symptom for you, but what you're lacking is things in play to guarantee and accelerate not just your productivity, but to scale your work and make you more efficient. So that's where I really get passionate about this is then you start to internalize this, or I see these things online all the time, Denise, and I'm sorry, but this makes me crazy. It's like, oh, well, you know, what is your mindset? You just have, you know, your fail, failure to succeed. You have all these things. Because then you just start grasping at the clouds because you're thinking, well, I've tried everything else. This isn't working. And it's, so, it's something so much simpler than that. And I love that. Listen, I, I like mindset. I like the thought of it. And I think I'm pretty much in charge of my own. Yeah. Kind of cranky that way. <laughs> it's like, you're not going to tell me what to do. Nobody's going to tell me what to do or how to think, which is why I don't watch the news or listen to any of that nonsense because, you know, it's, it's all a psychop as far as I'm concerned. Another discussion, but you're right. And, you know, I had a client not so long ago that I had to let her go. I mean, she, she made my stomach hurt and, yeah. you know, narcissistic ADHD, whatever you want to call it. One of the most difficult people I've had the unfortunate, you know, interactions with. 
and I did let her go. And then I, you know, was able to stop taking Tums every day. Yeah. But that was her big excuse. Oh, well, you know, I'm, I have HD, ADHD. No, you're kind of a bitch is what I really <laughs> want to say. I didn't, but I think it was yeah. probably implied. Just difficult personality. But I'll be honest with you. She did it to herself. Well, you know, and that's a whole story on its own, but th- this is the thing is what really breaks my heart is these are people, you know, you and your listeners that do work hard, that really want to just, it's, it's not even, you know, you didn't start this business for the money. Like you think, oh, I want the freedom or I want to be able to express myself or come up with creative projects, like, or the freedom lifestyle or all these things. Most of the entrepreneurs I know had a good paying job. They're educated people and they left them to start their own business. And so really business should be fun and it should support your life instead of consuming it. And what breaks my heart is when people are trying so hard. I always compare it to fitness because we've all wanted to lose five pounds at one point. So you'll see somebody where it's like, oh my gosh, you know what? They're somewhere and having a, a, a fruit drink or a fruit smoothie or a Slurpee type thing at a coffee shop thinking it's healthy and they don't understand how much sugar is in it or that it's like 1400 calories in that drink, but they went hungry to have that or they're skipping this or that thinking, oh, I'm really doing well. And that's what, especially having your own business, like yourself and your audience is you're isolated, you're by yourself and you don't really have a clear path. You'll look at somebody else and you say, oh, well, their business is different than mine or they've been in business longer. And you're not really clear on where they are either because what they present to the world on social media is different than what is. And so then it's really just about a lot about beating yourself up or not understanding like, yeah, okay. So maybe you jump around in projects, maybe you are a jugglerama, but that means, you know what, you often, you, you think that that handling, handling multiple projects keeps you stimulated and interested. Well, I can keep you interested in different aspects of one project when it's set up in a way that you see it moving so quickly, it's no longer boring, right? So that's the thing where it really bothers me is that people then just start internalizing their struggles or their lack of business growth and thinking it's them. And it's just, they need some help. They need some structures in place. All these different things are really impactful when you work with us and then we can set up the systems and we can show you what type of team really works best with you, with your personality. That's the game changer. And you mentioned something just now that, you know, boredom. I think a lot of us entrepreneurs, we know what we're doing. You're right. We're educated for the most part. We're very creative. We're hyper creative in in many, many cases. And we can bore ourselves. We really can because we're like, oh, you know, I've almost got this done. You know, I think I can do better. Then you don't do better. You don't finish it and you're on to something else. I catch myself boring myself to tears every once in a while, which is distressing. Well, I would push back a little bit. And sometimes I would say it's not that you're bored, but we now know with all the things that they do with social media and other things to increase our dopamine to give us Um, hits, right? right? So what happens is there is a dopamine hit every time you get new information. We know that now, right? So that idea of hopping back and forth in between your email when you're doing something else in case somebody else likes you or sends you a message or there's just a dopamine hit like, oh, this project's almost done. It's great. But there, you know, it's kind of like back to fitness again. You know, for many years, we all thought jogging was the thing because we, for me, I could speak for myself because I hated it. 
and it seems so painful and boring. So it must be really good for you, right? I'll have to do this. And now we know that you don't burn nearly the calories or get any of the muscle strength that you get from doing different workouts with weights, like little hits, you know, high activity intervals. And that's what happens with your brain sometimes. If you're working on a project and you don't have things set up in play for it to be batch worked in different levels of efficiency. So you think, again, when 90% of business owners use their calendar wrong And there's a whole way that you're never taught to do that. And so what happens is you'll say, okay, I'm going to work on this project for two hours. And then because it's not broken up in different segments to show high efficiency and to do some batch work and and to give you that dopamine hit and the stimuli, it starts to bleed out. You're like, okay, I'm getting bored with this. I've been working on this for two hours. And so you start to not get the results you were getting the first hour and you're lacking dopamine. So then you switch gears and do something else. But again, all these personalities, what happens is, you know, our clients in the winner's circle, when we show them how to use super toolkits, when we show them how to build a win team or what is next team and have teams that instead of you managing them, they manage you or they become little CEOs of their own department. I don't have the luxury of jumping around or being a Russiaholic with my team because they all have things that are really effectively and efficiently and beautifully done that excite me. And then they'll say, well, you know what? This this blog has been written. This is what we're doing. We're promoting this. All we need from you is a two-minute video. We need it by tomorrow and boom. And says, because the projects are scaled so effectively, then I there's no room for me to mess it up. There's no room for me to let things pile up and then lack dopamine hits. That's the problem there. It, it's it's a dip, deeper systematic thing and it just roots some ugly ah, self-sabotage really. It does. And I love what you said about the calendar because actually when I say I, I write down three things that have to be done, I'm a list maker. I'm an inveterate list maker. I've been done. I used bullet points before I knew there were. I mean, I was a kid. I was making little circles and checks. And I make sure that each each thing that I'm going to do that day, and I'll take it over to chat GPT, to be honest. I'll say, okay, this is what I'm doing. I need for you to sort this out for me, priority, how long you think it will take, where I'm going to to get emotional about it, because some of it can be, where I can get really really strict with some of it, you know, and it can be as simple as just as a, for instance, I'll say, okay, I need to sort out my day. This is not about my business, but I'll go to chat GPT and and I'll put everything in there from, you know, taking the trash out, which I did this morning to clipping the cat's nails, to building a website. It's all in there and they sort it for me. And then I say, okay, this is priority. This is priority. Let's resort. And in about 10 minutes, I've got it all laid out and everything that you just spoke of it's there for me. I'm not going to get bored. I'm not going to get, you know, have hissy fits all over the place. It's laid out and I know where to go with it, how to start it, how to finish it. It's important to know what you're going to be doing that day for me. So yeah, it is. And personally, if you're doing that on a Saturday, hats off to you. But here's what I would tell you. And no one talks about this. And we do a whole thing of this in the winter circle and show you how to leverage your calendar. So I get it. My mother says the first thing I did with a pen was make a list. And then that list was a list about lists. Here's my list of lists, right? So I totally get it. But what happens too is, and people think, oh, Chris, because you're organized or you're whatever, you know, that's why you can do all these things. Well, no, being really organized actually can work against you because then you just reorganize things like you did with your list and then you reprioritize your list and do all these things. 
So the other thing about that too, for most people, what really to-do lists are, are rotated. It's a, a list of percolating emergencies, right? So until it gets to be a problem, then it percolates to the top. That's a problem. Now, if you were working with me or anyone, my team or anyone that's been trained in the winner's circle, there would just be no way. And we're, we're discounting that this is a Saturday and you're clipping the dog, cat's nails and stuff like that. Okay. So, but a lot of people do what you do for work in the morning, how to run their day. And the problem with that is you're, you, first of all, it's a brain dump first thing in the morning. And then you're dealing with your brain going in different directions, which is decision fatigue and attention residue. But also I would be, if you were working with me or one of my clients, horrified that we're planning what we're doing today, that when you have things in play, there is a way to use your calendar more effectively. So for example, when I wrote my book, When the Hour, When the Day, one of the key things I did was I always do the most important work that requires the most attention or focus first thing in the morning, because your brain is best at that hour. You mm -hmm. deplete your battery significantly by dying, diving into emails. You know, it's just a waste of brain power. So the work that I did that was, that also allowed me really effectively to plan that work. So in my case, the book needed to be done by June and I worked backwards. Like we do this in life. Oh, I have to be the dentist 11. It's our way. I have to get dressed. All of a sudden you realize, oh, you have to be doing something at nine to get somewhere at 11. So I realized in order for that book to get to the editors by June, I had to do five pages Monday to Friday. Now, because I had to do it first thing in the morning with my attention being the best there, and that studies show that, I also then had to make a really deliberate choice to say no. Like, it's not like, oh, I'll do that at the end of the day when I have time. Oh, I ran out of time. Oh, it's okay. I'll be fresher tomorrow. Like, you know, we all do that, right? But because it was first thing in the morning, there'd be times where I think, oh, I don't know if I have that in me today. And I'd be like, well, if you don't have five pages in you today, you don't have 10 in you tomorrow, right? So- mm -hmm. It allowed me to be also then do that project and really stay with it and be clear on it. And then also studies show that because I would hit that project the same time every morning, it also, there's a whole bunch of boring stuff in your brain, but it signifies, you know, routine behavior, um, uh, muscle memory, all these things that allow you to accelerate that project quicker. So it's not like a 52 pickup with a list in the morning. Now that may be the book that's fine. So then, okay, I'm working on the book. That's my big project. Okay, then we know I always check emails around 11. Okay, do team meeting at this time. Boom, 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 boom. So the thing that you may not have liked about your job you know, on a bad day was the, the routine, but also you quite enjoyed that as well. You knew it was Tuesday when these things happened, right? So don't confuse creativity with randomness. And that's where the calendar, and I know we're going all over the place here, but I think it's really important worth mentioning because these are some really basic tools that people don't know how to use. And then again, they say, oh, well, that's because I have ADHD. Well, no, they don't have even their day planned out. And so I guess no wonder it falls out of, you know, out of control by lunchtime. Yeah, and I know, and they're done that. What I do is I look at my calendar at the end of the day and say, okay, I got this done, got this done. This is almost done. That's when I go to chat GPT at the end of my working day and I sort out what I'm going to be doing for the next day so I don't have to waste any time. I already know what's going to happen the next day and what's what's critical, what's priority, what has to happen in the morning, what can wait until later on in the day. 
And I even have it sorted by, can this be put off kind of indefinitely? Yep, it can. Okie dokie then. And off we go. For for the way my brain works, I need to know these things. Because if I have to find the piece of paper where I scribbled it down, it's over. I'm done. No, 100%. I agree with that 1000%. And nothing we do is what scribbling that paper down. What I would say, and I'm telling you this because I care about you, um, when I give you a little pushback here, the setup where there's overflow at the end of the day, that should that shouldn't be something that happens every day when your calendar and your, yeah. How do I fix that though? It well, me. I would say that you're, you're, you're not utilizing your calendar as effectively as, as could be. And you would be in the 90% percentile with everybody else. So you may oh, be special, but you're not unique. I'm not special. Also- Darn it. I don't want to talk to you yeah. anymore. Time. <laughs> you are special, but you're not unique. So, um, the other thing too is it comes in lack of systems with it with the super toolkits that we do constantly compress time and allow you to be more and more effective in the system. Uh, and so if that just frees up time, most of our clients tell us that they get 25 hours back a week within the first month of working with us. And that's by using our super toolkits. So that's another thing is there's lack of structure there. And the structure sounds heavy. It sounds boring. It's not. It's an unbelievably freeing. I had one client who came to us, who was in the winner circle. And listen, I don't encourage it. And I shouldn't even say this out loud, but often when people come to us, things are a little out of control. And they're like, I've been trying to, once I get past this next thing, things will be different. And they've been grinding it out for a couple of years thinking, oh, after this next, next thing, it'll be different. And so finally they're in business, whatever, five, 10 years, and they're fatigued and tired, but yet they're very smart and capable people and they do get a lot done. And so they keep thinking there's just too much to do and they'll eventually get caught up. So then they come to me And they're pretty tired at this point. So a lot of times they either are late for their, you know, info meeting with me, like, can I hire you, whatever, or they missed the first one. And this case, this woman missed the first one that happens. That's why they need me. Things are out of control. Miss the second one. I'm like, okay, who's the fool here? We're not doing this three times. And she begged me, listen, I swear I will not miss the third one. Here's what happened. That's fine. Okay. We don't normally do this. All right, fine. I met her on the third time. And she would be the first to say to you that it was like her hair was on fire and she just rolled in. Like it was just crisis. And she was a very successful business person still is. And she actually helped companies that were like three to $5 million have extra strategies when they're selling those companies. So she dealt with kind of like systems of those people's companies. And she said, Chris, I just don't know how you could possibly help me. Look what I do for a living. And she's making good money and, you know, she's doing all these things, but she said, there's just too much work to do. And I said, yes, everyone thinks their business and situation is unique or different. Cut to in less than a year, she was able to go away with it, with the systems and process, we put in play with the super toolkit and then helping her build her win team. She just had one person. We got her one person, but the leadership program we have for these VAs is a game changer. It's completely different. It's not like having someone just do tasks. She had one person that she paid five, six US dollars an hour and she used our super toolkits. And within a year, her business, and I have this on my website, she will say it aloud, quadrupled in income. And she was gone for a month in Costa Rica without any Wi-Fi or phone communication. That's the change that we're talking about. And that's the thing. She was just like you. Oh, I'm so smart. Oh, I get all this stuff done. Oh, the business has income. But for her to quadruple her income 
and then to cut her hours down to like one fifth and then be able to leave like that. That's the thing. That's, that's why I'm so passionate when I'm out here all the time is it's not just about working harder and getting more done and juggling. It's just some basic things in play that are a game changer if you just knew how to use them. Well, and that's just it. And as smart as I am, and I am the smartest person in the room because I live alone and I can say that, <laughs> but I often get in my own way and I know I'm do I know when I'm doing it. I can feel it in my stomach and I'm like, oh, just finish it and we'll fix this later. I think we all do that. Oh, I remember hearing that in my voice. Like, I, like at some point though, if you're smart, you sober up and you go, all right, Chris, when is later? Like I used yeah. to say that all the time and what I call the dark years. Oh, this is good enough for now. We'll deal with that later. When's later? It's like throwing, it's like the plane is going down and you've got too much weight. And instead of throwing luggage off the plane, you're throwing it to the back of the plane. Like it just rolls down again. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I love your honesty here, Denise. This is so helpful to your listeners because this is the thing. You're highly capable. You are smart cookie. You're running a business. You've got this fantastic show. You have many other things that you're incredibly good at. And the thing is, I want to say to you passionately, you talked about that in the beginning. I'm passionate. I'm beyond passionate. Passionately that you can do all this and so much more working 25, 30 hours a week, being rested, having fun, doing other things and coming back just so rejuvenated in the morning and therefore really offering your business and your clients so much more than you were ever able to before. That's the thing. If you truly love what you do and say, oh no, I don't count this as work. Great. Then you know what? You, what would it be like if you were even more empowered and more rested and you could do things in less time, you would love it more and they would love you more. And your creativity suffers when you're exhausted or when you're too oh, big yeah. or you don't have systems or, you know, when you don't have systems and strategies in place, you're just picking up pieces of paper going, what is this? Did I take care of this cat? Get off of my piece of paper. I mean, you know, that's, I've caught myself doing that. I did that, you know, this is something I talk with my clients in the winter circle as well. And I know I remember that in the beginning years when things, when I started to work reasonable hours and especially as a rushaholic, I was thinking, oh my gosh, if, if I wasn't going full speed, I felt like I was, you know, like I was uh, walk around like, so like going through water, slow mo. If, if I just wasn't working to six, seven, eight o'clock at night, like I, I felt like I was dogging it. I was doing like, it was just crazy. We're so used to that adrenaline rush that if you don't have the busyness and the activity, you confuse that so easily with productivity, but you know, a dog digs a hole in the backyard for quite some time, but he's not accomplishing anything, right? So we get seduced with busyness over effectiveness. And we also have it beaten into our head with the corporate mentality that even though you don't want to be trading time for money and you want to scale your business, there is some aspect to that, right? And that's why when we talk about the leadership program with the win team, that's one of the things we always talk about is that you don't realize how embedded that parentified system has been in your head, where when you work for someone, it was like a parent, child, you know, a, a teacher checking a student's homework, that kind of stuff. And so with the win team, the way the leadership program is set up is very different so that you're not supervising your team. They work in such independence and bring amazing creativity to you. And that's another thing. 
we want your team, whether it's one person, two people, or three, we're, we're really passionate about small teams. But even if it's just one person, we need stuff off their desk to be constantly scaling and improving. Because if I had one VA and you know I just dump all this tasks on them and then they're cleaning up my mess or even we have some super toolkits in play, but they're at capacity at 30 hours. Well, what about when I get my next book out? Well, we're going to have bigger projects. So you, we need to constantly be getting your hours down so we can move on to what is next. Exactly. Listen, I want to go back to the the different types of yep. personalities. And then at the before I let you go, I really want you to touch on the super toolkits because I find that fascinating. Excellent. All right. So we got the Juglarima, Perfectionizer, Rushaholic, Sufferpreneur, and Focusitis. What would you like to know? Well, we touched on you and me. Already. Yeah. Well, so we're here. We're the most important. Yes. And we're fun and we're we're chatty. So, but yeah, yeah let's talk about the other two because honestly, I I suspect that as with most people, maybe we fall in all of those, but primarily yeah. we're going to land in one. Yeah, so perfectionizer. The yeah, there you yeah. go. A perfectionizer, we all have elements of that where I know for years I thought, oh my gosh, I need to look like I'm a professional and I don't want to look like a rookie. And so then you would fuss and make something just so. And, you know, a perfectionizer really just has to have everything quite right. And they notice all these little things. And, you know, it affects different aspects of your life but it really is a choking point on so many levels. It's great that you have a keen eye for detail. That's fantastic. But we want to lean that into something that serves you. And if you think about the biggest, most successful companies in the world, usually software companies that really rake in the millions and billions, they put out, like ChatGPT you mentioned, they put out a product that is not you know, wonderful yet. And we all go, okay, that's it. That's no problem. But look what it can do. And then we give feedback and then they improve it. And so the beauty of that is quicker to market, you get feedback, and then you make it better quicker. And so many of us just want to get it just so and just right and fuss with it and make, ah, oh, make this big, you know, but then we're late to the marketplace or like the moment has passed. And so that's, you know, the beauty of a perfectionizer is they got a keen eye for detail and it's excellent to have laser focus, but we need to know where to point that laser. And that's that the laser should be pointed really at the concept and the ideas, not at the details. So that's huge. It is. And I just wrote down quicker to market, get feedback in, and then improve your product. That's important. So I just wanted to point that out because I had to write it down so I wouldn't forget it. Yeah. And you know what? Excellence does not require perfection. And that's something you have to remember as a perfectionizer, right? And so the other one, sufferpreneur, this is really like, you know, a one person band, or you're trying to dig a hole with a spoon, or you feel like you're making a sandwich with no bread. And so, and also when you fill out the quiz, you're going to get characteristic profiles about you where, you know, the sufferpreneur really, they care so much and they're so passionate and they just want to do so right by the world and their clients. And so there's different personality elements to these uh, personalities. And so the limitation sometimes is the sufferpreneur is how much you care. And you think I'm the only one that has to do this because so often we get confused with whatever service we deliver. We think, oh, product A, but then there's pre and post work to that. There's always pre and post work. And so then you start expanding your width thinking, oh yeah, I have to do that too, because you know I want to make sure I get that right. Or I send the invoice to the client in the right way. And, and so because you care so much, you're just bleeding out. 
And the sufferpreneur really does suffer, but they suffer at the hands of caring so much. And that really depletes you and does not keep you in your zone of excellence. And it just, it, it deteriorates your results. It slows down the scaling of the business, the bringing in revenue, everything. So when you're working with somebody who has that particular challenge, what, how can you help them? I mean, you pointed out some very good information, but what just, you know, just as a, for instance, what can they do to say, okay, this isn't, I'm not moving the needle. This is not helping me. I'm taking way too many Tums. I was addicted my, to my Tums bottle for about a month there. That's over now. Um, but how do you help people that has those types of challenges? Because listen, everything that you're talking about here, I'm going, yep, that's me. Yep, that's me. Yep, that's me. We landed on, you know, me being, um, what did, what did we call us? The What did I say? The Lorama, I think you were? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Everything you're talking about, I'm going, oh, I wonder how I escaped that one. Maybe it wasn't prevalent. <laughs> yeah. So what I would say is this. I wish, boy, oh boy, that I could solve it, you know, even during this hour chat or anything. It's not like the real. that's why, you know, our clients come to us in the winter circle. And can I give away things? I'll give away anything to help anyone 100%. So I'm not holding the, the, the results or the secrets close to my chest. But what I will tell you is it does take a little bit of time and just a bit, but I'm telling you this bit you know, some people work with us in the winter circle and 90 day cycles, one cycle, or maybe a couple, it depends where they are, where they want to go. And what I would say though, is remember you have been trained and conditioned like this for, oh my gosh, conservatively 20 years. Like if, you know, whatever, even if you're 30, you've been taught this since grade school of, okay, this teacher, you go to music class, to your English class, whatever, or switch homework. They don't care. Just go, go, go. They're not teaching you how to work a calendar, how to deal with multiple projects. So just yelling at you when they're not done. So there is this institution. There is also this badge of honor of being a hard worker and how much can you do and multitasking, just all these things that you, whatever, however length your lifetime is that you've been doing for a lifetime. So there's not a quick fix, but there's very simple, very easy, very effective strategies that we put in play by showing you how to create super toolkits and by showing you, we, we do find and train and help onboard your, you know, whatever VA you need. And then we show you how to create leaders out of them. And they're in our leadership program as well. So we train the VA while we work with you and you're working with them. There's all these very gentle layers we put in place to make it all come together really quickly and beautifully. But it, it is really not a matter of here's five ways to do it. It, it just, it's deeper than that because, because you've been working on doing it the wrong way. So yes. long, it takes a little bit of time. Since grade school, seriously. And what they don't teach yeah. school, any school, is critical thinking skills. Yeah. And a lot of these personalities have fantastic critical thinking skills. And this is why they're in business. And this is why you're led to believe in a, on a dark day, well, I just need more time or there's just too much to do, right? Because you have achieve more than most people. You do get more done than most people, you know, around you. And so then you're just like, oh, okay, well, I just want to do too much, but that's not the case. I'm telling you, we get a lot done. You're right. I do have a podcast when the hour, when the day podcast, I am going to be coming out with my second book. I do a lot of shows like this. I have my, you know, there's just so many 
projects. I have a team. There's so many things that I have my hand in, but yet I take most Friday afternoons off. I take a lot of the summer off. I work on average about 28 hours a week and I execute projects on a consistent basis. It's not maintaining my work. I have workflow, but we're always moving on to the next big thing. And that's because we have the super toolkits and I have a team that operates under the win leadership program. So it's really like, mm, it's like me saying, you, Denise, oh, you know what? You're a really good bicyclist. You work really hard. You pedal fast. And boy, oh boy, I don't know anybody that can bike as far as fast as you. And you, you go to the grocery store, you load the bike up and you can get milk home on your bike. You're fantastic. You're a superhero. But what if I gave you the keys to a car and <laughs> made sure there was gas in it? And I said, uh-huh. hey, enjoy the ride. And you can get where you want to get quicker. And you can be rested when you get there. And you can enjoy the scenery. And you can say, but, you know, I love getting places on that bike. And I love the scenery. And I love the accomplishment. Okay. Well, we can do that in a car, too. It's just you're going to be fresher when you get there. So that's the difference. And you said something, you know, a couple sentences back that is so important. And you said, we. Look, it took me the longest kind of time when I first started my business, not the podcast, but my web development business to realize that I was the bottleneck big time. Yeah. Yeah. I was always in my own way. I had a team, but I didn't really let them be a team. I was, you know, barking orders mostly and, you know, basically do what you're told. Nobody gets hurt. I mean, it wasn't that bad, but I had my own way of doing things and I wanted it to be done completely forgetting about or discounting that these people were all better than me at that particular need because this is all they do. I do 150 yeah. things, but they do this, this one or two things, and they do it remarkably well. They stay up on the technology. They're constantly learning. And I was holding, and you know, I've realized just one day that they didn't like me. <laughs> I was like, why not? I'm adorable, damn it. Well, they didn't like me because I was not. And I, I figured it out because I would get responses back. It was like, no, okay. You know, they were not saying, hey, Denise, what do you think about this? I finally had a, a conference call with all of them and said, listen, I realized that I'm treating you like drones. What do you need from me in order for your creativity to shine, For in order for you not to be afraid to say, hey, Denise, that's an old way of doing it. I've got a better idea. That's all it took. I had to get out of my own way. And if you were working with us, we have that set up. The system, the super toolkits kind of take care of that. And another thing we didn't talk about at all, I and mean, I was talking with my team of this because I was doing a presentation on what we call scrums. And scrums are very effective 15-minute, lack of better words, meeting because they're not meetings. I don't supervise the work. And my team was saying that to me. They're saying, there was three of them in the meeting and they're saying, oh my gosh, scrums really allow us to have a safe place where it's you're not checking our work. You're not doing that. It's us coming together and moving projects forward. And the way we do it, it's a safe place. So the best idea wins. And then also you get to learn about the personalities of the people on your team. Even if it's one person, these scrum meetings really accelerate the culture of the team because people often associate teams or a culture of a team when you have like, 30, 40, or 100 people. But a quick example that I hope resonates with you, and I may have said this to you before, is if you're an ocean liner and there is a situation or an accident, there's like 500 people on the boat, and you find the 100 that are useful because you're like, I listen, I'm going to live. We're going to get off this boat. Oh, these people look like they know what they're doing. Great. 
But if you're in a rowboat with one or two other people, you better be sure that they have a lot going for them. And so the culture, the way we set up the leadership program, even with one person, if you have a VA, is so much more important, the smaller the team. And 90% of people don't look at it that way. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, let's, we're, we're going to be out of time shortly. Let's talk about the... Um, the super toolkits. You and I have talked about it before, but anybody who is just now getting introduced to us probably has no idea what, what it is that we're trying to uncover here. Yeah, super toolkits are like systems and processes on steroids. And they're the problem with systems and processes traditionally when you think, oh, I, that's why I left my job is because usually they're not written by the end user. They're there to cover liability and they're static in nature. And the super toolkits are always being queued, create, used, and edited. And so what happens is we're always, you lean into them and you're like, you use them for everything. So then you, when you have to do anything, you go through that, boom, boom, boom. You don't have to use your brain for remembering things, which actually you have no idea how much bandwidth that sucks up in your brain power. So even something that, let's say I'm posting, somebody on my team is writing or posting a blog, they use the super toolkit, then they just go through and then they have the bandwidth at the end of it to be creative. But it ensures efficiency. It also eliminates mistakes. And also whenever there's a problem, you look and you go, oh, that step is missing the super toolkit. Or we have a team meeting in the scrums and we'll be like, hey, we're doing this now. We need a super toolkit for it. And so it really is just, well, my clients in the winter circle say it's like systems and processes on steroids and it's freeing. It gives you more creativity, scales your business, saves time. It's all kinds of stuff. And most people have to jump in. What happens when they build systems and processes is they also turn into policy manuals or they confuse it with training manuals. And then you got training inside a system and process and then people start skipping steps because I know how to do that. So it's it's just the the playbook for how to do that is a game changer. Well, that does make sense because it is easy yeah. to go, oh, well, you know, I've done this so many times I can do it in my sleep. Yeah. Because you've done it so many times doesn't mean that it's the best way to do it now because things change while we're sleeping. I mean, it's insane or, how fast things are going right now. Or the beauty of it is, is I could say, I want to add this step. So, you know, when I, let's say, you, you know, I do this. I, I, part of my systems and process, my super toolkit. When we end this, I'm going to send you a thank you video. I just do that. I like to get a That's connection how we with you. Met. Yeah, yeah. That's and so I have a, a super toolkit for that. Now I can go in tomorrow and add a step, one step, and immediately it will be implemented because we're all trained to look at the super toolkit. So anything that I do to go to make a change, the team, the next person, an hour from now, a month from now, they will add that step. There won't be, hey, remember we do this now, or oh, we don't do that because we ran out of paper or whatever. There's none of that learning curve because once you, if everyone's going to the super toolkit as their guide, then it means you can make immediate and effective change. And that is brilliant. Chris, how did you get started doing this? I know you recognized that you were burning yourself out. Your husband had passed. You, you know, were just, things were very different for you for quite a while there. But what took you down this particular road? Well, I, before that, so I, when I returned, my business was still intact and growing. So this happened before that, or I wouldn't have been able to be with him and attentive and imagine the life regret I would have of that. 
In addition to that, when I returned after his passing, let's take all the emotion out of this story. I lost an income. So that would have not been the time for me to be trying to find a job, be charming an interview, write up a resume and learn something new. And so I had been told for years prior to that, that I ran my business when I went after the dark years, after the dark years, when I went from 16 hours a day down to six. And when I mastered that, then people kept saying, you know, I ran my business differently and they would, and I think, oh, that's nice. And I would give them a few tips and la, 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 la. And so, but I really did because, you know, my husband was my biggest fan and he was so important to me. And when he was saying like, you're just killing yourself and now it's starting to affect us. And you're like, oh, okay, great. So I'm, cause that's another thing as a rushaholic or a tired person, you smile and cut your teeth and think that nobody notices your energy. Like, oh no, I am sounding nice, but you're talking slow and I'm here starting to irritate me because I'm go, go, go. Right. So I realized I wasn't fooling anybody anymore. So it was definitely a process of making a lot of mistakes, which is why I had to learn how to use my calendar and how to really build a team and not be the choking point, even when I had amazing, talented people. So I did work on this for years. It's not rocket science, but the order does matter. It's kind of like something as simple as putting pasta, boiling pasta in water, and then putting some ragu sauce on it. Not complicated, but if you put the ragu sauce on the pasta before you boil it, it's not a complicated recipe, but it really makes a difference, right? So the yeah, stuff you're going to be calling in, the fire department. Yeah, well, or you it's really crunchy. You're like, oh, I put it in the bowl and it, whatever, right? And what I would say is, that's, you know, what we do in the winter circle. It's not difficult, but the order does matter. And there's some simple things in play that can totally allow you to scale your business, have fun, and just business should support your life, not consume it. You know what I'm finding so comforting about this entire conversation is that you are stressing and explaining how it doesn't need to be difficult. Things are no. simple. They are easy if you have the right tools and systems and mindset in place yeah. and there's a word mindset, but until you wrap your head around the fact that you might be doing things that are actually harming you physically, emotionally, or harming your, your bottom line, you're not going to figure it out. But once you figure it out and say, well, you know, that wasn't that darn hard after all, that's yeah. when things start changing. Don't they? Yeah. hundred percent. You're, you're, you're wise, Denise, you're wise. I know, huh? <laughs> so, uh, the five bucks is in the mail. <laughs> Listen, Chris, before I let you go, where can people find you? And do you have any, you know, kind of last thoughts that you really need the audience to know? I just, you are smart, you are talented. And yes, everything you think about yourself is true. But if you hear yourself say that once you get past this next thing, ding, 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 that's the warning bell is no, it doesn't matter what's happening. If it's a business, if somebody, you know, one time we had someone leave our company because after, during the lockdowns, she had been found out that she was now getting accepted to school from the Philippines to move to Canada. And she was given two weeks notice, all the craziness. But we had someone in her position a week later with 80% capacity. So we were not derailed. It wasn't, oh, I'm sorry, Emily, for this, Denise, we, we had some new, you know, like there's always drama. No, a business means things, you know, an apple can fall off the display, but you just pick it up and put it back on. You don't lose 40 apples in the process. So it, it's not because you're just going through whatever it is you're saying you're going through right now. There is a way to have a smoother ride and you should just have more fun. And if you want to just check out your personalities, you will get a lot of details. It's kind of fun. And like you, Denise, most people say we really nailed it. And you can get that again at free gift 
from chris.com free gift from kris.com i lose you oh i'm here i never heard oh. of you. oh i'm sorry i might have accidentally muted what i oh. wanted to say is i hate it when i mute myself <laughs> I'm in charge of that button and apparently I shouldn't be. But what I wanted to to say is, you know, let people know where they can find your services. You know, definitely go find the the um the quiz. I mean, I had a ball doing it and honestly when the answer popped up I was like, "Yep, I wasn't even close to surprised." <laughs> so, I think I knew from the the responses, the questions and my responses where I was going to land, but it's a lot of fun. It took me maybe 10 seconds and it gave me a lot to think about. So we've got that. So you've told people where they can find you there, but where can they find your services? Yeah. You know, check us out at www. About... Okay. Toolkit. Yeah. yeah. Win the hour, win the day.com www.winthehourwinthedaycom Tell me, reach out to me on any of the socials. Tell me you heard me on this fantastic show and a friend of Denise, a listener of Denise is a friend of mine and yeah, we'll have a blast. And tell people where they can find your podcast. Oh, you know, where you listen to any podcast, win the hour, win the day. And on that, we just discuss anything from sales to social media. It's just all kinds of fun. Listen, talk and shop. So yeah, check that out as well if you want. Excellent. Chris, thank you so much. I know this is our third time here. And when your book is published, I hope you'll come back. Oh, I love chatting with you, Denise. I'll come anytime that you'll have me. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Listen, everybody, before we wrap up today's episode, if you have enjoyed Chris and found her insights helpful, please leave us a review and a rating on iTunes. Your feedback really does help me improve and reach more people on their own success journeys. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button, leave a review, and share your part in Success Radio with your friends and your colleagues. And thank you for tuning in, and I will catch you on the next one. Chris, again, thank you so much. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.